Giants fans, Giants fans, Giants fans, what is going on? Uh, I usually wish you guys a warm welcome, but and while I do appreciate all of your presence, we are all morbidly depressed here at New York Giants Rush because the 2023 season has come to an unofficial end, uh, and it, it feels like the Giants took major steps backwards this year, as we thought, and again, this is a tough schedule, but it, you know we would like to have seen some progress. But there's been some unfortunate news, unfortunate circumstances, tons of injuries, offensive line that didn't improve. We got a lot to talk about, but going up against a second-string quarterback with the Raiders and an interim head coach and a brand-new offensive coordinator, we feel ultimately devastated right now. So let's bring in the crew real quick because these are still some awesome people that I get to chill with. First and foremost, Chris, what is going on, my friend? Hey, Michael. I yeah, know, we know what's going on. <laughs> we know what's going on, and I, I will oh. say this. I will say this. Thank God we didn't take the trip to Dallas, uh, to, to Vegas. I was going to say Dallas, yeah. but you're going there. Yeah, I'll so. be there next week, unfortunately. We talked about that. But uh, real quick, Mike, before I'm emotionally removing myself from the rest of the season. So there you go. Good. Good. I, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you, Chris. And, guys, I will say this about Chris. Chris is such an enjoyable person to be around. He will lift your spirits no matter what mood you're in or whatever the state of the Giants is. So, Chris, really appreciate you being here, man. You're like like that therapist that I have like on standby in the top right corner of the screen. Oh, thanks, Mike. All right, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. We got Alex. Alex, you are uh, living in Texas right now. You have to watch the Cow. Thank, thank God the Cowboys kind of imploded this past weekend, right? It brings it up a little bit oh. for the fact that we got destroyed. Yeah, but the Eagles had to win for that to happen, so that kind of – walks it back a little bit but yeah it's pretty uh pretty, pretty tough times right now yeah for us. yeah pretty tough times no no doubt about it sucks being back where we are let's bring in mm -hmm. last but certainly not least craig what's going on what's up gentlemen how are you guys we're doing all right that is a beautiful facility that you are in i am in a, actually a pretty cool facility there's basketball going on there is um some weightlifting going on, some training. And then, of course, since I've given up on football, uh, my son is uh, at face-off training. I've already moved on to lacrosse, my friend. Uh, yes. I, I can't even think about football anymore after after what just happened. Who is the best lacrosse team uh, in the like whatever the lacrosse league is? Because I want to follow them and root for them. Water dogs. The water dogs? Well, are, well, are we talking about college? Because it would One be, last year. Probably, you know, Notre Dame or Virginia or Duke. If we're talking about the PLL, uh, you know, the Archers just won this year. So it would be the Archers. Last year was Archers. the water dogs. Archers. All right. Hell yeah. All right. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I will keep that in mind uh, no as uh, we kind of go through the emotions tonight about talking about uh, the team that leaves us depressed. But real quick, I want to say shout out to all the fans that are still here tonight. First of all, Jay, 
What is going on? Michigan State won. You are right, and I was there. That was an upset. It is a shame we have fallen so far in football that beating like a five-win Nebraska is like a, a big upset, but it was. I was there. Super happy day at uh, Spartan Stadium. Mark, he was on the show. He was on both shows uh, this past week. Uh, Mark, good to see you. Good to have you here as always, man, and always appreciate your insights in the comments here. Tudo, man, we have no idea what the hell you're doing half the time, but we do appreciate you coming on up in here. So, guys, look, I mean, let's start first and foremost. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we can mark the end of an era yesterday. Uh, and and, and I, I feel so bad for the kid because even though, Craig, I know we've talked about Daniel Jones here. You know that, I, I, you know, we, 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 he wasn't given a good deal to begin with. Not financially, he was given a good deal. But when it came to, like, his the actual personnel around him to enable him to succeed, he was never really granted that, right? So, no. You know, I mean, I mean, how do you summarize the 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 legacy of of Jones, if you will? And you know, this is how he goes out. Well, I mean, there's I guess there's two schools of thought. One is he could be the 2024 comeback player of the year, you know, and you you hope for you know a good you know a great recovery, and you know, and he bounces back. But we all know that you know it's now like. I guess to summarize it, it's, it's, you know, potential that you've never, you didn't really get to see, right. You know, you don't know if it, how much is the offensive line, how much is the, uh, the injuries, how much is Kafka, how much is Dable, how much is the new coaches just, he's been through so much crap. It's really hard to put your finger on it and to say like what the legacy is or, or how do you sum it up? It just squandered potential maybe. Um, and I guess, you know, all you could hope for at this point, and you guys know me, I'll root for anybody wearing blue. So, um, you know, I'm hoping he comes back and he's a, a bridge a bridge quarterback to a new quarterback that we that we draft. I w- and, and I literally came to that to that understanding yesterday, you know, like I'm I'm there now. Right. I'm there. So um, in my mind, we're drafting a quarterback. Jones is going to help him get, you know, get up and running. And then Daniel's going to go play somewhere else in 2025. Yeah, no, that's actually, I mean, you know, Chris, I want to hear your thoughts on this too. I mean, that's kind of what I was yeah. thinking. Problem is right now, Daniel Jones tours ACL. That's not something he can come back on week one. My kind of hope was that, you know, if we got a quarterback like Penix or anybody like that, or, you know, McCarthy or, or Williams, and this O-line still sucks next year, that they can use Jones as a little bit of a bridge there, at least for like the first eight games, like they did with Eli his rookie year, just so that there's no pressure pressure of getting crushed and also getting crushed by the media at the same time. It's probably mm-hmm. a lost cause in terms of wins and losses, but you know it's an easier leeway for the quarterback in the long run. And I've been patient enough to deal with this crap long enough. I could deal with eight games going into next year. But like, how do you think the Giants should approach the quarterback situation going forward? Well, I think what you're going to see with Jones is he's going to work his tail off. We know from his uh, his work ethic and how much time he puts in in the offseason, he will get himself back, whether that's week one or maybe it's week four. But I think we may be looking at, um, you know, with his $47 million cap hit, he's going to be back on this team as long as he can, you know, pass the physical. But I think the Giants would be crazy. I mean, we've seen with the knees and uh, with the neck and now the knee, they did not draft the quarterback if they're in that top five, right? They have to swing and, and 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 take a shot at the fences here. And 
what I could see happening is, hey, you know, that rookie may start out or maybe there's another veteran to start the season. And it's almost becomes that Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith type dynamic in 2025, like uh, Craig just alluded to. Right. Right. Alex, do you think, I mean, what are your thoughts too on that? Like a little bit of a transition period throughout 2024, similar to the Mahomes, uh, Alex Smith situation. Do you think it's worthwhile? Would you prefer to see the rookie quarterback out there earlier? Uh, obviously for losing, there's going to be pressure on Dable to do it. Otherwise he's going to lose his job. I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, I mean, we're well, going back to like initially about like Daniel Jones in general. I think John Mara said it best this off season where he's like, we've done just about everything in our power to screw this kid up. I think that like, that is the summarization of Daniel Jones's career is that like, he was just kind of screwed up by coaching and just little, little things. And I mean, you know, I think he's put out the worst tape he could this year following a really good season last year. Um, I, I'd want to see him back next year. I, I mean, I don't want the giants to take all that cap hit that they would have to, if they got rid of him. I don't know if he'll be ready for week one. I think, you know, I, I think Adrian Peterson kind of broke everybody's brains with ACL injuries where you're like, well, he should be back week one, right? Like a, a, AP came back immediately. And like, so in my dumb brain, I'm like, maybe he will be ready week one. I think if you draft a quarterback and you do anything to the offensive line to try and make an upgrade to it, that you have to potentially, if this is our guy going forward, then we got to ride with Jones as our backup and, and the new guy should be the guy going forward. I mean, you don't draft that guy to not use him. And in this day and age, you don't really see. The Patrick Mahomes thing worked out, but that's very rare to see nowadays. I think Desmond Ritter kind of had that, but they also don't really know if Desmond Ritter is the guy. Uh, It's usually just kind of like you get thrown into it. Um, But they don't always have the rare of having a Daniel Jones if he's healthy uh, to kind of bridge that gap. I'm with you. And real quick, uh, Tana's up in the house, man. Entertainer, what's going on? Appreciate you coming through. Uh, Friend of the show. We've had him on plenty of times before. Always awesome when you kind of come through and give your insight. You know, obviously we're all in the same state here. Uh, perhaps I jumped the gun a little bit, kind of jumping on Jones. I mean, you know, look, guys, I mean, we, we put a lot of hope in the Giants in general, right? And I kind of feel like after watching the Raiders-Giants game this past weekend that, you know, that was officially the throwing the towel of the season. I didn't really feel like it was with the Jets because we could have come out in the back, back stretch and won some games there. But, you know, I don't really think we have a chance now with a third-string quarterback going in. And even though the schedule's easier, it's not that easy. You know, we might be lucky no, to win not. one game here. So, you know, I, I, Chris, you're a season ticket holder, man. Well, like, what's going through your head when you're seeing this? Uh, you know, I, I'm not looking forward to the games. I used to have a saying a couple, you know, for the last how many years, you know, you show up at the game, the fun part's the tailgate. And it was like almost going to a funeral. Okay, it's time to see the body. Let's go in and go to the funeral because you just expected the Giants to lose. And how could you not think that right now? The only thing I will say is you'll get Tyrod Taylor back against the Packers. So that four-game IR, if he's ready to go, will be the Packers. So, you know, who knows? Maybe they squeeze out a couple wins at that point when he comes back. But, um, yeah, it's very depressing. I mean, you go into the holidays, cold weather. You know, you want Giants football to mean something. And uh, we're not, we're just started November and it, and it, and it's over. So we've been down this road so many times. It's just, it's a shame that, that we've sold our souls for those two Super Bowls and now we're paying for it again. You know, it's just no. uh, a couple glimpses here and there, some wins, you know, from like last year in 2016. And that's been it. And, and, and you know, it's funny, Alex, you know, we would talk about like, you look at the Giants the last eight years, uh, 2017, awful year, 2018, a little bit better. 2019 regressed again. They won you know, one less game. 2020, a little bit of hope with 6-10. and 10. Seemed like things were getting mm-hmm. better. Had a nice little winning streak there in November. 2021 comes around, regress again. 
2022, we make playoffs, right? And the hope for 2023 is, and I kept this in the back of my mind because I saw this pattern. I'm like, things could always get worse. I didn't think it would. We had a young team. I knew we had a tougher schedule coming up, you know, but I had this feeling like the Giants should be able to take that step forward now with the, the more experienced players and everything like that. And yet here we are, season's over. Let me ask you something. A lot of this falls on injuries. Do you feel like mm-hmm. 2023 is similar to 2021 or 2017 where, you know, we felt so dis- defeated? Or do you think there's any differences with this team at least versus those teams? Like, what are your thoughts there? I don't know why, but that whole McAdoo season, we, or is it Judge when we kind of were in it a little bit? We were like, okay, we're, we're progressing. We're progressing on this. But it was like the division was just really bad. We weren't really that good of a team. It was like we just teased ourselves and being like, well, almost time made the playoffs. Last year, like, I've, it's a cruel joke to me that what is happening to us this year. We're like, I don't think we expected them to win the Super Bowl this year. But if we were anywhere near 500, we're at least seeing, you know, some like, like I'm here, in, I'm in here in Houston, and they're kind of having what the Giants had last year. Like, All right, there's progress. Things are good. Something you can build off. If we had seen some bright spots, and you know, Kayvon kind of doing what he's doing right now, we were around 500. We weren't having the meltdowns we've had, and we weren't having the blowouts we're having. It would be a lot better. I really do think that, like last year, you can look at the turnover luck we got. And a lot of the one score games we won where you're like, yeah, okay. If one thing goes the other way, giants lose that game. And, you know, we were this far away from being out of the playoffs as, as we got into it. And I think this year it's the exact opposite where everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. Everybody that could have gotten injured has been injured. It is kind of like a little bit of both of that, but like when you have McKinney saying stuff like he was saying after the game last night, Darius Slayton kind of was saying stuff, you know, they're trying to get us out of here for a while. I think that, you kind of have to start to have those questions because where Joe Judge, I think, lost everything is when, uh, like, like remember when he was just running the ball, like with Daniel Jones two times up the middle just to try and kind of turtle and give up a game. Like, that's when people were like, all right, dude, you're not even trying at this point. And I still think that Dable seems like he's trying because he's mad out there. He's trying to, like, he's trying to get something going. So I, I don't, like, I don't, like, like you were saying earlier, this can't be a, a two and out. It can't be another two and out. I think that, like, you got to, run this back you gotta obviously address some issues but this is not a team that's like irreparable right like you can put some more spots in there you're i think jones is probably done but like you're gonna probably have to plug in a quarterback and some more offensive linemen and some other weapons this isn't a team that's like in complete disrepair this season yes but going forward i think they can build on this well let's talk about i want to talk about one thing and you you already highlighted it Chris, what were your thoughts on McKinney today? Like, what were your thoughts on the uh, comments that he made towards, you know, his disappointment with, you know, the direction of the organization or whatever it was? It was kind of a criticism of uh, overall upper management uh, decision-making. What, like, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? You know, I'm right down the middle with it. Is it is it pure frustration? Is there some truth to this? Because um, I think he was talking about the players not respecting the leaders or, he, or falling on deaf ears with the leaders. But then also, you know, I don't know how how – you know, how legitimate he thinks he's going to get another contract. Is this for his way out of the team next year? And Giants don't even, you know, bother with him because he will be, um, you know, uh, a free agent and they're not going to, they're not going to pay him 14, 15 million. So I, I don't know what McKinney's thinking. Does he just want out of here and he just wants to stir up the uh, the pot a little bit, but um, yeah, I have mixed feelings about those comments. Well, what about you, Craig, by the way, welcome back. 
McKinney, what were your thoughts on his comments today? I know you always kind of have some, uh, uh, you know, yeah, you're, you're especially not a big fan when you got a player making comments like this when he himself has not really proven to be that excellent of a player. Yeah, 100%. Like, to me, it's, it's a quick way out of town, right? I mean, you think about the body of work. Um, he gets, he's hurt his rookie year, comes back, has a great year. Then he, you know, then he, um, you know, then he goes on spring break and, and, and smashes his hand. And then, you know, he comes back and he can't tackle anymore. Like, like he's the last person that should be talking shit. I mean, you know, he hasn't been a, a great leader on the field. He hasn't produced it all. And I really want to like McKinney, but now he's mouthy on top of it. Like, it's just, listen, you look at the guys like Dexter Lawrence and you look at McFadden and you look at um, Okereke, you know, and, and even Tibbs, they're all saying the right thing. They're not happy, but they're not like saying right away, hey, management sucks. No, they're not listening. Who's going to listen to a guy like McKinney who can't tackle anymore, who is not, who's not saying win or lose, you know what, we're a team. Like he's doing nothing to set a good example. And we already know he wants big-time safety money, right? He hired an agent that um, specializes in um, safeties and corners. I mean, he, he hasn't had a great year. So I'm a little bit perturbed by the fact that he thinks that he has that platform. It's not Dexter Lawrence. It's not Okereke, right? I mean, well, you're right. Because real quick, I mean, Strahan would talk poorly about management or the coaching in the 2000s, right? It's Michael Strahan. Exactly. He kind of had a right to. I mean, he was an especially profound player, right? I mean, he had that prolific, and you know, he is the voice of the locker room. Someone had a good point in here. Uh, it was Mark. You know, XM was from the coaches. Thomas said they didn't know what he was talking about. I think Slayton also responded similarly. That's the same thing. It's not like McKinney's the voice of the locker room. He just seemed to be like a like a disjoint here. Yeah, it's a it's 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 a problem. You know what I mean? Like 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 the squeaky wheel. Like I uh, I don't even see where where he fits anymore. You know what I mean? Like just you know Belton's going to step in. Pinnock's had a great a, a, a great year, and you know what? Let him go. Let him yeah. go because it's almost like he's creating more turmoil than it needs to be. This team has underperformed and disappointed at every level. The last thing you need to do is the supposed leader, you know, creating more riff in the locker room. You right. don't hear it from Dexter Lawrence. You don't hear it from O'Karake. You don't hear, hear it from McFadden. You don't hear it from Waller. You don't hear it from, you know, from, uh, from Andrew. I mean, look, I'm sure you guys saw Andrew Thomas responded to it and said, there's no, you know, that's not what's happening, right? So, so let McKinney, you know, McKinney, you know, take his two-color hair, you know, and his one hand and split. Yep. Real cold, and, totally agree. And you know what? You're, go ahead. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, and, 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 to, and, to your, and to your point, Craig, does that does that make it seem like does he want a release? Like, is he saying this just so the Giants release him? And I'll tell you, he's not happy about getting the green dot removed, too, because he was, you know, he was the guy called on the defense last year, and they gave that to Bobby Okereke. So I'm sure there's a little bit of ego there, too. So I'm just wondering, you know, when, when things are going so bad, does he want to get released at the back of his mind and just get out of here? Because he knows he's not going to be back next year for what he wants to get paid. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. He, they're going to they're gonna use every bit of th that contract they have. Not unless he causes problem in the locker room. It, and then they would cut him. Yeah, but remember, if he causes a problem in the locker room, they're going to step in and take care of that. 
Andrew Thomas is going to step in. You know, O'Kara K is going to step in and be like, if it's a problem, they're, they're going to say something to him somewhere. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it all kind of comes. Somebody had a point. Like, I mean, he he's a captain, and but sure, but there's ten captains this year, that, which there shouldn't be. There should be four captains, and then there should really be three anchor captains, three or four, three, three. and then a rotation, like a, a game of the week. Captain. Offense, defense, special teams. Boom! Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Right. They have like some workhorse type guy that like came from the, the ashes to be elite. Get them in there too, you know? Like, I mean, because quarterback obviously goes for it on offense. You should probably have Saquon and, and the quarterback, but that's. That's the either here nor there. Let's get on to something that's been really pissing me off, but we got to be unbiased on the show. Not really. Uh, coaching. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Craig, I'm going to start with you again. We'll go in reverse order. Uh, many Giants fans already want Brian Dable fired. After two seasons and after multiple series where we fired coaches after two years, some fans still think it's a wise idea to fire a coach that dragged this team to the playoffs. What are your thoughts into my unbiased question here? It, absolutely ridiculous. Okay. Like judge didn't win in year one. Shermer didn't win in year one. I mean, just he's the guy won nine games last year. I mean, and the, it's about the body of work. It's not about what, when it comes to coaching and GM and what you're building, it's not, what have you done for me lately? It's a body of work. He can't control injuries, right? He's building the team the best he can. So you're gonna you're giving him a leash. He's bringing you know a new draft process. He's bringing in different types of players. I mean, again, anyone who who wants Dable fired, it's all they are is you know uh, short attention span people who don't understand the game because he's gonna be here and he should be here and he should be allowed to 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 uh, succeed and fail. Right? You have to fail yeah. to get to get better. Right, you have to fail. Even Bill Belichick got, was a terrible head coach for the Browns and got fired. Okay, you don't just you don't just win overnight. I know everybody wants instant gratification, but it's not reality. All right, and again, the body of work is year one. He crushes it, so everyone else can just go. You know, whatever whatever analogy you want to use, sit on the pot and screw. Because like, I don't love what they're doing from a coaching perspective, but I'm not bailing on the guy. Let me ask this uh, to you, Alex. This is my question. The Giants strapped the rookie quarterback in 2025. Uh, four, sorry, 2024. How many years do you give Dable after that? Because I'll be honest with you, people will disagree with me. I'd automatically give him two. I don't because I don't want turnover after the uh, first year for the for the quarterback either. But I want to hear your thoughts. I was gonna say three. I was gonna say I think you got to give him three years to see. I mean, unless it's really two really bad years with that quarterback, and you don't see a a, a step forward. Cause I, I feel like uh, what's what's the quarterback? Is it Eberflus in Chicago? Like I feel like he, the way the Bears are kind of turning around, he may be like I don't know if they're even gonna get rid of him. Cause like you're seeing Justin Fields sort of step up a little bit this year, where like as long as you have a little bit of hope, I think you get an extra year with a with a young quarterback like that. Um, I mean, I yeah, I, I I said it earlier. Like I don't think Dable's the problem right now. And like Craig said, you're allowed to make mistakes. Like they've got some guys, they've got building blocks that these guys got in that these guys are working with, and just seeing like the little things they were able to do last year. Like unless you completely have just like a dumpster fire finish, like Joe Judge did, because I think Joe Judge completely lost the locker room. At the end of his, well, tenure you know, I also feel like Joe Judge, you know, didn't really bring anything to either side of the football. He wasn't offensive minded. He wasn't defensive minded. You know, he, he had some, you know, okay, used car salesman speeches, but 
he didn't really come in with like any tenacity on either side of the ball. Now I think Dable brings winning football in tight situations. Obviously we let two go this past year, but you know, he, he does have an offensive mind, but that does surprise me that our offense doesn't really seem to be too elevated. I got one question here for you, Chris. Let's say we keep, and we should, we should keep Gable. What about Kafka? And by the way, apparently I'm not spreading the wealth enough, Chris. Uh, Tudo has pointed out that I didn't let you talk. I, I appreciate that, Tudo. Sometimes I think I talk too much. I keep going on and on and on. But, no, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm sorry, Mike. You said about Kafka, should the Giants yeah, keep Kafka. Kafka? I mean, they move on from him before they bring in a new quarterback. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, after last year, you thought Kafka, this would be the year he'd get the head coaching job, right? Like we get him for one more year if he duplicated what he had last year. But after this year, I, I think it's pretty safe to say he's going to be back. But no, I don't want to mix. I, I don't want to change the offensive coordinator position as long as Dable and him are on the same page. So many factors with the offensive line, the quarterback play, the injuries. I think it's a culmination of so many factors that it just can't be put on, you know, a Kafka, you know, himself. So I want Kafka back. I think him and Dable do work well together. It's just a matter of having all these pieces being able to, you know, work together as well. So yeah, I'd like to see him back. I, I call this an incomplete this year. Because of I'm over Kafka. I'm over Kafka. I, I was gonna actually. I'm a little surprised you said that, Craig. I I, I was gonna bring it to you because uh, I thought there's something. There's something wrong. Thinking, you, go first. you go first. Go ahead, uh, Spartan. There's something wrong. It's either it's either there's something dramatically wrong with the offense. We just watched the uh, the the Raiders. You know, uh, not the Raiders of uh, the Vikings. You know, bring in what do you call it, from Arizona? The guy doesn't even know the players' first names, and he throws three touchdowns. Like there's something wrong, okay? And if we're not getting rid of Dable, somebody's got to go. Like there's something wrong. It's broken. Yeah, Bobby Johnson's going to go. Bobby Johnson will be but, let okay, go, and maybe that, the special teams coach. You're right. You're okay. right. But we're think okay, but neither one of those guys are calling plays and and stretching the field and getting the ball to to Slayton and getting the ball to to Hyatt. Like, like there's something broken. Like, literally, I'm watching the um, the Minnesota Vikings trade for Dobbs. Dobbs comes in and says, I don't know any of your names. I don't know any of your plays. And the dude just slinging the ball all over the place. We cannot score more than nine points a game. We're pathetic. I mean, I'm sorry. Here's my thinking. I actually bet you – after this year, it's not the end of Kafka. He's going to go back to the drawing board as a quarterback coach, figure out what he did wrong as offensive coordinator, just like Dable did when he was at the Browns. He'll progress further in his career. He'll be just fine. But my thinking is this. When your team is this bad at scoring, and I know there's been other prolific problems that have been going on, I can't simply just sit here and be like, uh, it's the O-line's problem and the quarterback's fault. Uh, keep Kafka. We'll bring in new guys. And but we need an overhaul on offense if we want to see some points score, right? And I do think these things do affect Kafka to a point where, you know, he, he could be better somewhere else. But when we're doing this poorly, I can't trust him to develop the quarterback when we get a new rookie. Uh, and, I you know, I can't trust that he's going to magically get better next year. Uh, and I will say this, the time to change an offensive coordinator, in my opinion, is right now, right before you get that rookie quarterback. If you did the transition, you know, rookie year to first year, it gets a little bit more problematic, right? Because we saw that with Jones. Mm -hmm. um, and, and but I do completely get what you're saying, though, Chris. Alex, I want to hear your thoughts because I feel like we could talk about this one probably all day. This this needs its own show. 
I'm kind of up in the air about Kafka. I mean, I do think he can go back to the drawing board. Uh, it probably is going to be as a quarterback coach somewhere else. But, like, I mean, again, like, he's he's not got the pieces. Somebody said that in the chat. Like, we don't have the difference that it make, difference makers at skill positions. I guess Jay said that. The O-line, the, the quarterbacks being injured. Like, I thought – after all of the the that was given to them for what they did with Devito when he came in the Jets game, like I had, I unfortunately decided I was going to go rewatch the game today, and I just rewatched the condensed NFL Plus version of it, and they let Devito actually kind of do some stuff. Like they were trying to make things happen. It was just like there was a lot of like the Darius Slayton interception that bounced off his chest. Like things got out of hand really fast. You had two turnovers, and the game was kind of over. It was very similar to the Cowboys game where it's like, well, we're out of it now. And like, I don't necessarily think you can put all the blame on Kafka right there. Jones had two missed throws that could have been big plays going forward to that. So like, I don't think the play calling was necessarily the problem yesterday, maybe overall, if you look at the season, but I think that like, kind of like the defense progressed, if we don't have all the injury on the offensive line and Jones and Tyrod being injured, I, I, I don't know where this goes. Cause we saw, I, mean, I know the defense got torched yesterday, but going into like like where the defense had been like one of the top defenses in the league in the last month going into this week this past game like i think that sometimes it just takes a little bit to kind of get your footing a little bit and i think it seemed like he was maybe going the right way but if you're bringing a new quarterback and you're not going kafka long term you definitely got to bring a new quarterback so yeah hey, I'm with you can, guys I, on that can i say one can i before i jump on it i know you guys are going to do the rest of the show um i do have one thing to say um, I was watching the show on a stream, so I might have got different commentary than you guys had. And one of the comments that I thought should be brought up was that um, the first pass to Hyatt that sailed out of bounds, right? The commentary said a, a really good wide receiver would have caught that and brought that back in bounds. Like, would have made an effort to, 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 to hold toe and pull the ball back in. Like, like, he showed no body control. He jumped out of bounds. Like, there was no opportunity for him to even bring that in. So I just wanted to say, like, I didn't think that was a terrible pass. And, but I kind of, you know, I just let it ride. But then the commentary right after that was, you know, a really good season's wide receiver is going to make an attempt to bring that ball in and not jump out of bounds. Like, like Hyatt had no, you know, he's a rookie, right? But he really had no chance. He mm -hmm. jumped out of bounds. He was never going to be in bounds. So I thought that was an interesting point to bring up that, you know, if you're, if you got a Jefferson out there, a chase out there, so, you know, they're, they're keeping their toes in bounds and they're trying to pull that ball in. Well, let me ask you something. I mean, like, I'll, I'll go back to you on this, Chris. Uh, and, and somebody had one comment in here. I just want to speak on real quick. Uh, Kafka does not have a QB. Dude, this goes back to the same problem of, like, uh, Kafka doesn't have a QB, so keep him. Well, oh, we should keep our QB because the O-line sucks. We'll keep the lineman because we have a bad O-line coach. Like, if things aren't working – you, you move on from just about everything that clearly isn't, in, in my opinion. Andrew Thomas works. I mean, he's high-functioning. You don't get rid of a guy like him. But like everybody else, it's not really proving that they can do anything. I just feel like mm -hmm. you need the overhaul. But anyway, but, but Chris, back to you on this. You know, what What other coaches, in your opinion, should go? I I don't think the defensive coaches should go, but O-line is, is, is one. I mean, what? who else are you thinking? Well, like you said, Bobby Johnson, offensive line. I think we just need a new uh, a breath of fresh air on the offensive line. He's been here for two years. You know, at this level, you just want to see some improvement, and we haven't seen any improvement on the offensive line. Um, uh, I want to say uh, McGahee. He's been here for a long time through two regimes. So yeah, I think it's time to to get a you know a different uh, a, a different guy in that position. Um, 
those would be my top two, Bobby Johnson and and McGahey. But uh, yeah. I, I, I give like I said, I give Kafka an incomplete. I mean, last year he was the toast of the town. Everybody loved him. Oh my God, are we gonna lose Kafka? I don't want to lose Kafka. And now we all want to get rid of him. But once again, we Dable, it, you know, it's cloudy. It's such a cloudy um, situation because Dable has the headset on. He's listening. He's listening to the plays being called, and he could check out of them. Of course, he's the head coach. But it seems like he's a part of the play calling, yet he's not calling the plays. It's still Kafka. So I want to see Dable maybe be more actively involved in the play calling next year. Sure. But I don't want to see them just now we turn over to a new uh, offensive coordinator once again. Sure I mean, uh, it worked last year. Let's just let's just get it back on track. I, I But I guess, you know, and, and Alex, tell me how what your thoughts were of Kafka last year. I, I personally thought the end of the year looked great. I mean, the, the Colts game. And everyone's going to be like, oh, the Colts secondary side. Don't give me that crap. The Giants did exactly what they should do against that team, and they balled out. Uh, Vikings, actually both games, the offense looked good. They looked like they had power. They looked like mm. they had might and the ability to fight. I didn't really like Kafka early on in the season. It just seemed like it was, um, you know, we'd go down at halftime and then because of conservative play calling, there was just like pure panic and desperation in the second half. So I didn't think that he was bad. I mean, we got to the playoffs. You could never get rid of somebody after that. But, like, I was sitting there like, yeah, I wanted to see a little bit more out of him. I wasn't completely set. Um, but again, I mean, finished the season great. Thought that we would continue that down that path. And mm-hmm. you know, now, I mean, it's like we'll never see it, right? He's got his third string quarterback in. I thought that Kafka and Dable both yet yeah, last year, it was like they knew that they weren't like, I feel like they didn't want Daniel Jones as their long-term guy. And like, we're just going to run this dude into the ground, see what we got with him. And like, if you doubt he's out, whatever, we'll move on. And it felt like they were just making sure that like he couldn't do what he had done in previous seasons and the ball over a lot. So it felt like they were conservative a bunch, but then you did see that the playoff game and even the Minnesota loss where they kind of like unleashed it. And the times that they unleashed it, it was awesome. Like they brought in Hodgins and you were kind of like, okay, this offense can get going at times. They didn't ever really have a deep threat. So I felt like he was kind of handcuffed by that, which affected his play calling. I mean, I, I feel like it it made me happy at least to see like, like the shots at Hyatt that they took, even though that neither of them worked yesterday. It was like, I like, that we have the balls to go deep. And I know that they were kind of giving us some hate for starting the game with, with Saquon, but like, don't you think everybody assumes we're going to start the game with Saquon? So like, why not air it out? If that goes the other way, who knows, who knows what's happening? Like, like again, yesterday's game just seemed like everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. And like, you know, Hyatt catches one of those balls. We're right there. Then maybe it's a seven, seven game. And you know, we're, we're in it. We get a little bit more fight. Maybe, like, I don't know. I thought that the Antonio Pierce thing with firing all of the stuff, I thought that we were kind of going into a buzzsaw of a Raiders team. Just this situation didn't seem like it was going to go great. Um, and I, I don't know. I I really don't. I honestly, like, I, everything is so cloudy, like Chris was saying earlier. Like, I really have no honest answer. Where it's like I could see 30, 40 different scenarios right. of, of how this is going to play out. Uh, you know, I will say this about the Raiders situation because I, we, I, as much as I'm like, oh, they got an interim coach, they, they're working with a backup quarterback, you know, this should be a competition for us. We should be able to take care of business. But at the same time, there was a lot of relief in that building that McDaniels was out. Yeah, they lot, hated that guy. They hated him. So it was more of like, all right, now we got Antonio Pierce, which love my stick Giants. To him. And, and, and he clearly has that locker room. They were pumped to play for him. I'm going to say this too. 
Aiden O'Connell, I've watched the guy play. He's not Tommy DeVito. He's a good quarterback. He's a good enough quarterback that can hold down the fort against a team that's distraught like the Giants. So the Raiders were not like your typical uh, broken down team. You know, so unfortunately it didn't work out and we really got killed. But let me ask you guys this, all right? This is a very important topic. And Chris, you're very analytical with this. And I, I always love to hear your thoughts on, on what the Giants should do in terms to address this. But offensive line, the five guys across, who are you keeping? And then for the Giants this offseason, how do you address the holes that they have? Like, what are your thoughts on what the Giants should do? And this could, we can go on for a while about this, but screw it. It is the biggest issue the Giants have had for 12 years. Tell yeah. me your thoughts. If you're in charge, GM Chris, go. Okay, well, the good thing is you got two spots filled. You know, Schmitz is going to be here for the long term, and we have a pro bowler, all pro, uh, in Thomas. So there you go. So the two guard positions, Glowinski will probably be gone. Now, Justin Pugh, bring him back on a, on a deal, whether it's a one- or two-year deal. Bring him back to camp, camp and let him fight for a job. If nothing else, it'll be great depth. I don't know what Bredersen's contract is, but I wouldn't mind having him come back, fight for a job, and be depth at the guard position. Now, Evan Neal, you have him for five years, right? This is year two. You got him for three more years because he was a first-round pick. You have the option. So, you know, obviously the coaches know better than me and how he would probably look at guard. He's a bigger guy. He's built like a tackle. But I'll tell you what, you don't want to get rid of him right away because you do have him for three more years. So in the offseason – if they, when they look at that tape, if they're not happy, and yesterday there were some ugly plays with him on the on the edge. So you you start to think about moving him to that right guard spot and training him in the offseason or, you know, OTAs and all that stuff. Get him get him up to speed with, uh, you know, in, in training camp and, and uh, you know, next season. But I think the nice thing about um, having him at guard is that he has a little help at the tackle position and the center position. So right there you're looking at now, not bad. I mean, really, you're looking at for that right tackle. Me personally, I don't want to invest in a top right tackle in the first two rounds in the draft because it's such no. a crapshoot with these tackles. Get me a, a veteran. I don't care if you don't have to be the best. Just get me a serviceable pro, a guy that you can put at right tackle, whoever that may be, and will do a serviceable job. And 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 then you're obviously looking for some depth and maybe uh, you got those guard positions you want to fight for jobs. You know, Chris – I, I totally agree. And Alex, we're going to get to your thoughts on how to re rebuild this next. I, I totally agree with this idea. Like, let, let, let's stop with the, the rookies for a second, maybe at the interior O-line. But we need some guys that have a little bit of veteran experience, in my opinion. And we see it, you know, with with a guy like Will Hernandez. I mean, he wasn't really that good for us, but, you know, he's in year four, year five. When you get to that level, you, you've at least improved because you've gotten adjusted to the speed of the game. And he's a serviceable lineman with Arizona, right? I, I'll i even go as far as to say this. I mean, you know, free agents, if, if they're there, great. Just be weary of the high dollar ones because, you know, they, they don't seem to pan out for us. I'm not opposed to the Giants even trading for uh, offensive linemen at this point. Like, I mean, especially if we're going to get a quarterback, we need to get that protection in there or we're going to get, or they're going to get killed. If yeah. it's a guy like Penix, who's got an injury history, it's a disaster. So if the Giants want to go out there, and spend some high cad draft capital on on trading. I actually don't really mind it that much. Just just figure it out. Get some veterans in here. You know, see what options are available. But you know, don't yeah, don't rely on two rookies to come in, especially like a fourth round right tackle. It's not going to work to yeah, replace. And if I could just add, you know, Zudu McKeithen, you know, those could be some solid pieces at the guard position for some depth if they don't start. So 
you know, I'm not yeah. saying give up on those guys either, but I think their natural spots would be guard. Enough with Azuto yeah. McKeith and that tackle. They're guards. Yeah. No, absolutely. Alex, what about you, man? Like, what are your thoughts? I mean, if you were the GM right now, what would GM Alex do this offseason to address the offensive line? No, I, I completely agree with both of you guys. I, I would have brought back exactly who, who Chris was saying, and I think you definitely have to make some moves for some guys with experience to to kind of do this because you see all the good teams have, okay, like a second, third guy coming in. Like You, you have to have that offensive depth, and we've never had that. We've never had that depth on the offensive line because you know that, that somebody's going to get hurt inevitably. Uh, I, I saw in the comments, like, let's – like I don't know, do we do we try Neil to just keep him at tackle? Like I, like we we've changed positions too much. I think that that kind of hurts you. Maybe you try it a little bit in the off season, see if it works. But I don't know if that's the long term solution. I'd like to see Pew back, but yeah, I'd like to see at least two guys that we go. Even if if it's a trade, not a high dollar signing, but somebody that's got some experience that can at least coach up the other guys. Bring in a new coach to to work with that offensive line, but. Like whatever we're doing right now, it's not working. So we got to fix that. We got to fix and that. I, and I to your point, for these next eight games, I mean, that's a guy you want to focus on, Evan Neal. You want to see how he plays these next eight games. And he has an ankle injury. Who knows if he plays Sunday? But, you know, that's a guy mm -hmm. you want to focus on and really see if he can be the future right tackler. That's it. Like you're saying. I agree. I, I do. I, I will say this. If there's one thing I, I kind of, I'm not going to say disagree with, but I'm going to say you can't rely on it. It's the idea of moving Neil to guard, in my opinion. I just feel like the Giants have to be prepared. Like, what if he is also a very bad guard, right? And then right. what do you do? Um, in, in my opinion, they have to be prepared for that. So I would bring in a right tackle immediately and have Neil in there training to be a guard. And if he doesn't work out, have a depth piece. Like, that's, that's when Bredesen should come in, in my opinion. If Neil's not working out there now, I, I again I don't I don't know that he won't work out, but I, I think the Giants have to have learned their lesson this past offseason, knowing that they need depth because this isn't going to work. Right. And have you know, they? they? It's been like ten years we've been saying this, though. I feel like it's like every year, like well, that's no way they're going to run it back without the depth, and then it's like, damn it, they did the same thing, and it's yeah, like. Yeah. I want, I, I am right there with you, but like, they got to do it. And I believe in Shane. I believe in Dable. I just think it, like, I got to see it happen before I'm going to, I'm going to believe it, you know? And no, it's, I'm, it's, I'm it's with you. I'm with you. Guys, a, I will go square peg in a round hole. Yeah. Well, that, that's just it. It seems like everybody on offense is a square peg in a round hole, right? Things mm -hmm. just look so clunky and out of step. I will go as far as to say this outside of quarterback, I do not care about a single position the Giants address this offseason. I don't. I think Giants defense is fine. They can get us to the playoffs. There's a few pieces here and there I'd like them to fix, but I don't care. Mm -hmm. Draft six linemen after we draft the quarterback. I don't care anymore. Figure it out. Sign. You, you, one of them will hit, right? I've, I've said that for years. What if we just did the whole draft? Like what they trade? They traded a whole draft for Ricky Williams. Just trade a whole draft for offensive linemen. I don't know. Just keep drafting. We're gonna get linemen. five offensive linemen for the full draft. Just give us yes, and give us yes, your whole line. Have yes. our whole draft. Quarterback first, and then second, the two second picks, the third, just everything. Linemen, 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 and they don't have an off season. You bring them to Arizona or whatever. You get a a, a dirt yeah. practice facility, and you make them practice the entire off season. Until they get this crap right, because I'm sick. Can't sack us. Who knows what we're gonna be able to do? Fine, you know? What's that? You can't sack our quarterback. We could throw it all day. Exactly. 
Exactly. Chris, do you like my idea or am I speaking nonsense? <laughs> well, I'm not sure how serious you are, but it it does carry some uh, some truth to it. I mean, my God, <laughs> it, it's getting to that point where we just can't pick them, you know, other than a couple here and there with like a Schmitz or Thomas. We might as well just keep picking linemen. Would you would you be mad? Would you be mad if, they, if that's honestly what the Giants did? They they draft the quarterback at one and then just draft the lineman at every single other position. I'd, I'd be a little shocked, but I'd be like, you know what? At least they have a, <laughs> but at, at least they have a goal in mind, right? They at least know that they need to fix it. I didn't ask if you, you would be shocked. Radio callers. I asked if you would be mad, I would, Chris. I I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad if they took the quarterback and went all lineman. <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't be mad. Fix the line. Fix the line. And if the offensive lines, say it again, Chris, uh, Alex. You got to protect your guy, right? Got to protect him. That's it. Get six guys that will. Absolutely. And if the Giants' offensive line still sucks a couple years after that, just fold the franchise. There's just, it was never <laughs> yeah, meant to be. We tried. We tried our best. <laughs> yeah, we literally did everything we, we tried. Did. Nine nine rounds. Because I'm just like, like with the wide receivers, yeah, we need better wide receivers. They're not good at, you know, they're not good at what they do. But I, I don't like, even if we had a great, well, let's say we got Marvin Harrison Jr. What the hell is he going to do right now with this team? The, if the quarterback's getting absolutely leveled in the backfield because the O-line sucks, I mean, Marvin Harris is just going to be downfield like, man, it's, it's, it's not really much to do for me out here. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, I'll move on to the next subject. Good talk. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. QB1, yep. you know, everywhere else. Let's just talk about this in general with the personnel. Who do you? Who else do you think the Giants? You know who who stays for the Giants on offense? I'll just tell you who I think. All right, I'm thinking uh, Andrew Thomas. Obviously, Evan Neal, you can't get rid of him. Uh, we'll work him out. Maybe you know. Hopefully, we don't have to get rid of him. Uh, Jones will be on the contract next year. There's no way out of that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saquon. And by the way, I said Jones will be on contract. I didn't say I want him as the starting quarterback. It's not going to be possible. For perhaps the first couple of games. Uh, Saquon on the fence. What are your guys' thoughts on Saquon coming back? Go ahead, start. Oh. Uh, like, does Saquon, like, I know he said he wants to be a giant for life, but, like, after this season, like, are you really going to want to come back to this team? Like, I don't I don't know. Um, I wouldn't. I would love Saquon to come back. Yeah, I would love Saquon to come back, but unless we can work on, like, a, a some sort of deal, I feel like it's going to be hard to get him back on a one-year deal again. Um, I guess you could just franchise him and see how that plays out. Uh, I, I, I think Bellinger, Bellinger will be back for sure. Bellinger is, is solid. You got your young receivers right there. I'm fine if Slayton's not back, man. I feel like Slayton's every time I believe in that guy, he just does something dumb and drops it or has has all bounce off of his chest. It was a very catchable ball that then goes the other way. It's like, like, I, and I'm, I feel like I'm just, whatever, forget him. We had, we had that chance to clinch a playoff with, uh, with judge. And it was it was Jones. It was I think it was the Jones drop game, and Darius Slayton mm-hmm. dropped that wide open like forty five yard touchdown. And I'm just kind of had he, he's been sour grapes ever since then. So I'm I'm done. I was over him yesterday after that interception right there. Um, I don't know like what else we do with the receivers there. Campbell hasn't really shown me anything. I don't know how much longer he's got in his deal. But yeah, like the receivers handpick a couple guys from the offensive line. We'll be drafting them all anyways. So like we're going to be restocking regardless, but I'd love to see Saquon back Jones. Yeah. That's inevitable that he's coming back. And then Bellinger really, I want back. Yeah. And then Thomas yeah. is a given. Chris. Yeah. I'm with Alex. I want to see Saquon back. I mean, right now we need some pieces and whether they franchise him or they have a deal on the table after the season for a couple years, 
Um, the concern with Saquon is in a meaningless season, you know, it's good for him. He's going to get some, you know, yards, you know, on his resume, but the wear and tear at the rest of the season for, for basically being pointless for the team, um, you know, that's a concerning that I hope they don't run him into the ground, you know, save some of those carries for next year when he, if he does mm -hmm. come back. Um, I think Paris Campbell's a one-year deal, so I don't expect him back. Isaiah Hodgins, I think, was this year a one-year deal as well. So I'd like to have Hodgins back. I'm not sure how they feel because it looks like they are gearing more to speed. Shep will be gone. Wandell will be back. Um, Slayton, I believe this was a one-year deal with Slayton, or was it two? I might have been a two-year I think it was one, yeah. Yeah, so I would anticipate Slayton come back. But, yeah, they really need a big-time receiver. We keep And Hyatt, obviously, he's going to be the future. But, yeah, I mean, that's who I see right now. And a running back, Eric Gray. He showed a little, you know, flash here and there, but I think running back position is an issue too in back of Saquon. Whether they keep him or not, they they really have to, uh, you know, whether, you know, draft somebody. I'm all about the draft. Just just, uh, you know, running back that uh, maybe a little bit higher, not so late yeah. in the round. Well, you know what I want. I mean, especially if they have somebody backing up Saquon, get somebody that can be that guy that you put out there on fourth and one to plow forward for a uh, first down. Yeah. I mean, that's something they got to look at because it's not really Saquon's forte. They did run a fourth and one, but. Yeah, you know it's it's not that plow ahead fourth and one. And I, I know it's not the offense nowadays. There's only a handful of teams that have fullbacks, but I really do miss a fullback. When you look at these giant teams with Brandon Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw, Derek Ward, Tiki Barber, they all had fullbacks. Different offense, I know, different era, different time. But it seemed like when we had that great running game, we always had that lead block blocker. Whether it was Hanaski, Hedgecock, Camella. Um, all these guys, and I, I really uh, Charles White, you know, even for Tiki. So, you know, I really miss that we don't have a fullback. You see, teams like Frisco use it, Chiefs use it. I wish we could find a spot, not a hybrid, an actual real fullback. I know there's only like five in the league. You know, I wish the Giants would, would would go back to that. Creates a little bit of a dynamic there, right? First of all, it's fun mm -hmm. to watch a guy plow over guys, but I don't think like we're that far removed from the days where you know we looped in fullbacks, right? I mean, Hynoski was only never shot Penny, what, right? Yeah, yeah, he was more yeah. hybrid. And they're athletic now. These fullbacks are yeah, actually yeah. athletic. They catch the ball at the backfield. Right. I mean, they're not just blockers anymore. They're they're athletic guys. Well, because it's so easy to put muscle on guys. So if you really want to take one of the running backs and just tell them, look, put on 30 pounds of muscle in the next couple of years, I mean, you can kind of do it. It's a little bit yeah. easier. Give, give me an athletic guard, right? An athletic guard that can catch the there ball. Go. Good hands. There's your fullback. Bad, bad there you go. <laughs> I, I will say this about Saquon, the longevity, though. The, the, this is my problem. It, it's not him. He's a good running back. But – you know, the Giants have to stop pretending every offseason. It's like, well, okay, we can do this, this, and this on offense, but we have Saquon. So that'll be like the core of it. And we don't like, we don't have to like do too much to fix the offense. Whereas they got to look at this as like, we have to overhaul to make the passing game much better than it is. We should be a passing first offense, which then enables Saquon to be a good running back, right? They got to be able to, you know, the, the Giants, opposing defenses have to fear the Giants' passing game and spread out a little bit on defense in order to really enable Saquon to succeed. Saquon, Saquon's not going to enable the passing game to succeed. The passing game has to enable him to succeed. And he's a very good running back. So if we had that kind of dynamic in our pass game, then we can make it even better for him. But the problem is I feel like the Giants are always sinking back to this, you know, mindset of, uh, you know, we don't really, really need to, you know, go all in, go all in and attack this, you know, problem that we have on offense of a crap pass game because we have Saquon at least there uh, to get us the yards and points when we need it. But like the, the the passing game dynamic, the Giants have to treat it as if they don't have Saquon, and then what do they do? That's that's why I want the Giants to address it. Like, oh crap, we don't have Saquon. We got to fix the offense. It's a pass happy league. Let's start with the pass game. 
and then work back from there. Meanwhile, keep Saquon. I don't mind if they keep Saquon. I just, again, Alex, I'm with you. I don't know if Saquon's going to want to play here. Somebody might mention mm-hmm. in the comments, and he's like, you know, about getting, you know, New York, uh, uh, you know, career opportunities after the game. I mean, it's po- it's possible. I, I just, I, you know, I don't, I, I, I really don't know how much it's going to factor into it. He probably wants to win in his last couple of years, and he's getting older. Right. So. No, I, I absolutely think you can get those. Uh, you can get those endorsements kind of anywhere now. I mean, there's so many big cities that you could go to that are going to give you that. Maybe not New York, but you can travel to New York in the off season. He's probably going to keep a place no matter where he goes. I don't right, see it exactly. being that big of a factor in the long run. I, 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 unless he wants to work for the organization, then that would be a little bit different. But I don't, I don't really know if I see him wanting to do that. I think there's other opportunities for him. The people that, you know, like, look, if you're, if, if you're Michael Strahan, you're walking away, clear cut Hall of Fame career, great charisma with mm-hmm. the media, which Saquon does have, then yeah, New York is no question. You don't want to leave that to go to Tampa or anything like that. Like, th- this city enabled Strahan to make more money now than he did when he played. Yeah. It's crazy, right? But I don't really know if Saquon's going to be leaving the Giants with that uh, enigma around him. I, I don't. I don't know if it's really quite that. And especially yeah. after they picked Jones over him last season, too. What's that? Especially after they picked Jones over him last season, right. it's like you got to wonder. Even though he says that doesn't affect it, like you got to wonder if that's still in the back of your head. Like you picked this guy that now isn't your future, and I could have been your future. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to finish it with this, guys. I I want to hear your thoughts on just, you know, what should the Giants' goals be just for the remainder of the year? I have I have just a couple. Find another win in there somewhere. And then when they play the Cowboys once more and the Eagles twice, I don't expect them to win. But go out there and fight and punch above their weight class and, and give, them, give them a run for the money. Just, just pick one of those three remaining real rivalry games, not Washington, and give them a run. What are your thoughts, Chris? Like, what, what do you want to see out of the Giants now that things are a little uh, southbound? Yeah, I, I don't want to see them give up, uh, you know, on, on the coaches. You know, I want to see them still play hard, whether they get beat, you know, 28 to nothing or, or you know, 20 to 14. I want to see them still play hard. I mean, that's a good indication on, you know, uh, what they, you know, how the, how that, how the, um, the echoes from the coaching staff falls on deaf ears with the players, you know, um, and it, with a losing team. I want to see the safety position. I anticipate McKinney not being back. So a little more of uh, Dane Belton, uh, Javarius Owens when he gets healthy. So let's see some of the younger guys, not so much on the offensive line, because we've seen how that's been working out, but let's see, you know, more in the secondary, uh, you know, how, how, uh, how some of our, uh, how the depth looks there. And, um, you know, maybe on the offensive side of the ball, a little more Wandell. Let's let's uh, see more with him. And um, I, I mean, that's really it. I want to say, you know, more the more the depth guys in the yep. secondary. And play hard. Actually, play hard. You know, let's you know make the tackles right. Don't give up on tape and and show the dog in it. Definitely, definitely. And look, there's not that much to be upset with, in my opinion, on defense. A lot of people complain about the the rush, the the you know the the coverage. Probably not perfect, but I mean everything looks pretty good compared to last year. Coverage looks the same, which was decent. Right. Um, you know the the edge. I, I you know I like Fib's development here. I mean I, everybody can still use this opportunity as a time to get better, even if we're losing. Yeah. So that next year we come out and we're still good or we're still a better team, right? Right. Yeah. And and, and uh, Spartan, if I could add one more defensive tackle. You know now that Leonard Williams is gone, let's see more of Jordan Riley, uh, DJ Davidson. Let's mm-hmm. see if we got something there with some depth. Next next year, these guys can actually step in. 
What about you, Alex? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with Chris. The secondary, I, I want to see like the those young guys, like Banks. We were praising him about three weeks ago, and it feels like he's just got cooked the last two weeks. And I like, I'd like to see some improvement from him. We we knew that was coming with some rookie corners, though. And that was the that was the hard problem going in. This you like, there's going to be some rough stretches, and we we've, we've seen those the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I want to see like those young guys improve. I want to see Hyatt, Wandale. Like I really like Wandale's had good highlights that he's put out despite not really getting a ton of opportunities this season. Like I've liked what I've seen from Wandale. I'm, I've, I'm liking what I could see from Hyatt. Like let's see those guys continue to improve. And then really just the biggest thing is like Dable cannot judge this. He cannot Joe judge this season. Do not lose the locker room. Don't, yes. don't do this stupid stuff. Like when DeVito comes in where he's getting negative two yards because you're not letting him do anything. Like I love that they like, even though they didn't go well, I love that they were like, Fuck it. Like, let's let DeVito just sling it. Let's let him throw sling it to the end zone. What's, gonna, what's the worst that's going to happen? What are you going to do? Lose a game? We're doing that. Like, God forbid, right? not get blown out. All, right? Like, I'd rather lose games, try and take shots, than just like turtle and just do nothing. And, and that's Yeah. Just try and make the games not like where I don't want to turn them off in the second half because it's been really hard the last couple of weeks. It's been like, don't get blown out every game. Yeah, like, stop sucking. Even the Jets game, it sucked, but, like, we were in it, and you were invested up until the very end, and, like, yesterday, you're kind of like, this sucks. I'm over mm-hmm. it. Like, try and have less of those games, but they do not lose this locker room. I want Dable back next year. I want to build off of, like, last year, and just, we'll call it, we'll look back at this and make it was a mulligan year. It was a mulligan. That's a beautiful way to put it. It was a mulligan it. year. Yeah. Yeah, so so really, that that's pretty much what I'm hoping. Wow. Guys, look, it has been a pleasure running this uh, podcast and Craig's uh, somewhat of an absence tonight. I do want to say thank you guys and thank you to the fans who have been here no matter what. Obviously, we're uh, not happy with the results this season, but again, we're Giants family. This won't be the worst. You know, this this won't be the um, the end of it. I don't think so. I think we got some rebound ahead of us. So thank you all for coming through tonight. Have a good one.